0: Good evening, and welcome to tonight's live streaming show. This is the last one for the year, and it is a doozy. I have to tell you, it is a real doozy. We had quite a year. I don't know if we streamed. I don't know if we streamed in, in as much in twenty twenty two as we did in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one was a hell of a streaming year, and it's crazy to think that. This has been going on. We're coming up on three years of podcasting here on the us channel. And I just, it's so surreal. It's like a, a real um, water watermark moment in my life in terms of like creative output. I've never been so prolific. Um, figured out a system that allowed for such output. And now, I mean, this is... This is what I do. (laughs) I do it. I do it often, as you know. Um, Tonight's show is a doozy, a real big doozy. I don't know if it's, it may not be the most, you know, uh, exciting topic, but it is a fascinating one. I mean, really, really fascinating stuff. Um. I know very little about it. So I was really sort of glad to come across it. I have questions. Really makes you wrap your mind around a lot of different things. We're talking about cryogenics tonight or cryonics as they call it. I think it, I think it uses a bunch of different names. But real quick, just to let you know, tomorrow night on New Year's Eve, like last year, and the year, no, like last year. We did uh, we did a surprise live streaming commentary of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, and it was a lot of fun. And this year we are we have a real treat one of my all time favorite movies. We've done two of them now. We did with Ace von Johnson. We did the Monster Club in October, and now we are doing the American Astronaut, which is. Finally gone out of print, which I'm very sad about, but yet at the same time, allows us an opportunity to do that on the channel and not have to worry so much um, about you know putting something out there that's hard to hard to acquire. Um no, putting something out there that's easy to acquire, I should say. So um, so check that out. That's tomorrow night. That starts at 11 PM Eastern Standard Time. And it goes through the new year. I will be off gallivanting. I don't know what I will be doing, but the show is already taped. We taped it last night, and the episode is uploaded and scheduled to go out. So just keep your eyes peeled for that. Without further ado, let's just dive right into our topic, our topic du jour, as we call them. I want to do a lot more of this stuff in the new year. We, we were doing some interesting topics like this, and then we kind of stopped. And, I mean, I guess it's really nobody's fault but my own, right? And now we, we're back into it. Here we go. Check this ish out. Horror stories of cryonics, the gruesome fates of futurists hoping for immortality. So, real quick, what is cryogenics and cryonics? Very simply put, it is the process of freezing yourself. But here's the thing. When you freeze your, freezing yourself... Doesn't mean that there's like we we see it in movies and cartoons and all of our popular media that when you freeze yourself, you're able to unfreeze yourself. Well, in real life, in reality, you absolutely can freeze yourself, even if there's nothing wrong with you. You know, mostly in most popular media, there's nothing wrong with the person who gets frozen in time. You know, it happens in Austin Powers. That happens in Demolition Man. It happens in um, Encino Man. Where people are just, you know, they get they get frozen, and then just simply being thawed out unfreezes them. Captain America was frozen for seventy years, but the reality is, is that when you freeze your body, you are irreversibly you you may be preserving your body, but you are also destroying your tissue. Uh, you're putting ice your ice crystals that form in your cells. Destroy the cell walls. I just know. I haven't read the article. I just know this off the top of my head because you know from what I do know about about cryogenics, uh, what I've read in the past about cryogenics. Like I said, I know very little, um, but I do know that. I do remember that. Basically, what happens is when you thaw when you thaw yourself out, your cells are sh- shredded. They're destroyed. You destroy your body. Um, I don't know what that looks like. And we're going to find out right now. Now, I want to acknowledge one thing. We are kind of rubbernecking on on real things that happen to real people. So we got to acknowledge we have to treat this with some kind of care. We have to have some sort of respect for real people who died. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you, I did read one really sad story about a girl, a young girl who had uh, irreversible brain can't brain, she had a tumor, brain tumor. She was terminal, she was going to die, and she was fundraising. She was fundraising to to freeze herself in hopes that someday in the future, because that's what this is all about. Yes, absolutely right, Dudley. R.I.P. indeed. That's what it's really all about. The idea is that you're freezing yourself. I didn't finish that part. I just jumped onto the next thing. The purpose of freezing yourself is that you are hoping that that you can preserve your body and your mind long enough for humanity to figure out a way to unfreeze you and to fix whatever is wrong with you. In this case, maybe people are waiting for the singularity to happen and that where AI becomes this, this thing that can figure out things that humans can't figure out at breakneck pace and then come up with all sorts of cures for things that we don't have cures for. In any case, the point is is that you're freezing yourself your faith in humanity is so strong or at least your faith in humanity is stronger than your desire to face the absolute certainty of death. That's what it really got. That's how heavy this stuff is. So we, I really want to take a moment and just acknowledge this. These are real people. We have to have respect for their, for them. Um, you know, no matter how gross or disgusting or whatever, whatever rubbernecking we're doing, like, just remember, these are real people. This happened to real people. And it's, it's sad. It's totally sad. Michelle says, yes, right. Michelle, exactly. To resuscitate you. That's the whole point. That's exactly right. So you're resuscitating. You're, you're hoping that someone in the future is going to resuscitate you. To finish my story about the girl, Girl had an inoperable brain tumor. She was in the the press. I want to say this was around 2014, 2015. And um, she made the decision to freeze herself in hopes that she might get a full, uh, uh, you know, a new lease on life in the future since she was dying anyway. I was very sad to read that, that, that it happened to her. But she, you know, ostensibly, these people are voluntarily going to death, irreversible death, with the faith that someday they could be resurrected because they preserved their bodies. And this woman went to death voluntarily while she still had time left. She wasn't the, the cancer hadn't killed her yet, but she went to this state, this, this, this frozen state in hopes that someday that would change. And so when I think about people like that, cause you know, a lot of, you know, it's, it's easy to laugh at these people that freeze themselves and just say, Oh, there are a bunch of, you know, rich assholes that, you know, want to live forever. Fuck them. But you do have, you have people like that as well. That's the point, that there are people like that who, who suffer. Okay, enough of that. Let's dive into the reading. This is from, this is a great, great website, The Big Think, and they have another one called The Futurist. This is from August 3rd, 2022, and it is written by Tom Hartsfield and... The it, you know, here's our clickbaity sort of title here Horror Stories of Cryonics, the gruesome fates of futurists hoping for immortality. For decades, people have arranged to freeze their bodies after death, dreaming of resurrection by advanced future medicine. Many met a fate far grislier than death. I don't know how you could meet a fate far grislier than death. And that's, you know, again, is death a grisly, does death, death doesn't necessarily have to be grisly either. Um, you know, my grandmother who passed away, I feel like her death wasn't grisly at all. She, she went, man, what a, what a model for how to go out, man. She like, she spent a a whole year by herself, kind of like, not in like a bad way. She was, you know, it was COVID and she basically, she didn't, she couldn't see many people and she just sort of really got right with herself, lived a very long life, 92. and, And she like chose to sort of leave. She like, she, like, slowly shed her body. I feel like, you know, saying that that uh, death is this grisly process. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. I want to hope. I want to believe. Here are some key takeaways. The first cryonauts. The cryonauts, like, astronauts, you know, adventurers, explorers, you know, doing something brave, brash, bold, that sort of thing. The first cryonauts met gruesome fates. A few of them decomposed into a plug of fluids. Holy shit. And were scraped off the bottom of a capsule. You decomposed into a plug of fluids. You know when you hear that term? When, when a woman is going to give birth, um, they talk about that thing. It's called the mucus plug that comes out. And when the mucus plug comes out, it means that the baby is due a mucus. It's a natural mucus that holds, I guess, keeps everything intact. I'm probably being speaking about this in a very clumsy way, uh, non-medical way, my apologies. Uh, but that's what I think of when they say a plug of fluids. You think of a plug as like a viscous viscous matter that is just sort of impacted together in that kind of in that kind of way. Um the state of cryonics is much more advanced today, but the question remains is any of this scientific or is this just wishful thinking? And so far, bodies that have been examined following cryopreservation are hopelessly beyond repair. So that's like an overview of what we're about to read about. Um, I'm intrigued too, Dudley. I really am. Like I said, I know I know a little bit, I've done a little bit of of reading, but I don't know that much. So this is going to be cool. All right. And this is written by Tom Hartsfield, as I said. Um, <clears throat> uh, let me take a little sip of um, limoncello Lacroix. Just to wet the whistle before we begin. All right. Saturday night on YouTube. No, sorry. Friday night on YouTube, 1030 at night. Oh, boy. Let's do it. Several facilities in the U.S. and abroad maintain morbid warehouse morgues full of frozen human heads and bodies waiting for the future. What a fucking sentence. I I I like already. We've read one sentence and I don't even know how to process that. There are warehouse morgues full of not just bodies. Some people freeze their bodies. Some people probably because it's more economical, like it's probably because all this stuff costs money. You need to have money to keep yourself frozen, right? It, it's probably cheaper just to freeze your head than it is your whole body. So some people just froze their their heads. Isn't that what Walt Disney did? Walt Disney's head, 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 uh, was frozen. Um, they are part of a story that is ghoulish, darkly humorous, and yet endearingly sincere. I think, man, great writer already, just drawn me in, and I think sums it up really nicely with that with that that three-part sentence, uh, ghoulish, darkly humorous, and also endearingly sincere. For a small group of fervent futurists, it is their lottery ticket to immortality. Key word here, lottery ticket, or key phrase here, lottery ticket, meaning that immortality is becoming an immortal, whether you would want to or not, but immortality is a one in a billion chance of happening. It's what You have a one in a billion chance of becoming immortal, I guess, should you want such a thing. Uh, what are the chances that these bodies will be reanimated? Key word, because here's the thing. Because we know so little about death, we don't know that once these bodies are unthawed, that they will retain, if there is some sort of luminous presence that that abides within us. And I want to believe that there is. I want to believe... That deep inside of us all, there is something that's greater than just this meat suit, you know, with a skeleton uh support structure, you know. Does what happens? What happens to that consciousness when you freeze yourself? Will baseball legend Ted Williams frozen head be awakened to coat to coach fighter pilots or fuse to a robot body to hit four? Uh, 4, 400 again. Uh, it's funny. Okay, now I understand Dudley why you said, um, the uh, the the Ted Williams thing. Wow. Yeah, that that I guess that's true. Zach says Timothy Leary actually had that done to himself. Had his head taken off. Had it frozen cryogenically. Uh, it's actually a movie on YouTube. It's called Timothy Leary's Dead. Seriously. Wow. That's crazy. That, that is, that is insane. Um, In Futurama, a lot of, there are a lot of people that have are just heads in jars of fluid, sometimes attached to a robot body, sometimes not. Here's a primer on cryonics. And we hear the term cryonic now to talk about like um, when you enter a really cold, like sort of like tank, like you hear guys like, you know, these these guys like Joe Rogan and whoever was on like the the cutting edge of trying to do all sorts of body hacking. Um, and OK, here you go. It says it right here. Cryonics attempting to cryo preserve the human body. Well, cryonics. What I mean is it's like an immersive bath, that sort of thing, um, which, you know, extreme heat and extreme cold are supposedly really good for the body. That's when I hear the word cryonics. That's what I think. But they're saying here, they're using cryonics to talk about cryogenic freezing. Cryonics, attempting to cryopreserve the human body is widely considered a pseudoscience. So it's not even 100% scientific, or at least it's scientific enough that you can freeze a body, but it's not, there's nothing, all you're doing is just freezing someone's body. Cryopreservation is a legitimate scientific endeavor. In which cells, organs, or in rare cases, entire organisms may be cooled to extremely low temperatures and revived, somewhat intact. It occurs in nature, but only in limited cases. Uh, some examples of it occurring in nature: you have the water bears. You've heard about these little microscopic guys that are indestructible. They can freeze for thousands of years and thaw out, and they're totally fine. Frogs, frogs can kind of freeze um who who else can freeze really well bees you can put a bee in the freezer apparently I've never done this I wouldn't do this to a bee apparently like bees can like freeze and then like thaw out I think lobsters too um there's a bunch of there's a bunch of animals where this it does happen it does occur in nature surely it occurs with all sorts of microscopic organisms that's happening up in the in the antarctic right they're 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 thawing out, you know, these one-celled organisms that were alive 40,000 years ago, and they start replicating again. You know, it's crazy. Zach says they videotaped Leary on his deathbed live while they took his head off the second they pronounced him dead. You can't make this shit up. I've seen it. That's insane. So Leary probably knew the moment that he was going to die, they were going to remove his head and freeze it. Yeah, that's, I always think of Demolition Man um, when I think about, you know, cryogenics, I guess. Alligators, I guess, can also do that, Uh, can freeze. Hello, Angus. Welcome to tonight's show. Um Man, I love a show. I love these these topics for these kinds of shows. They really are. They may not be the most popular, but they are. They are so fun. They are my favorite. I just, I just love reading about this stuff. I really do. Okay, so humans in uh, humans are particularly difficult to preserve because of the delicate structure in most of our heads. Deprived of oxygen at room temperature, the brain dies within minutes. Although that's now being argued, right? Like you can't like the brain. There's consciousness lingers long after the brain dies. Apparently, so with some with brain scans, they've been able to determine that. Um, they actually talk a lot about this. Website talks about it quite often on on this on this website, which I read a lot about. You know, like consciousness after death. It's that's a topic that I really am fascinated by. So. So, but in any case, either which way, it's all semantics because, you know, deprived of oxygen for a long enough time, the brain dies, right? Uh, While the body, the body can be reanimated. The person who lives is often in a permanent vegetative state. So, and this happens all the time. Um, Unfortunately, this happened to my next door neighbor who just was tragically killed um, by a car accident. And he... He was uh, brain dead, or he became brain dead, or he had a he had brain damage so severe that he no longer had consciousness, and his brain his body was being kept alive by machines, which is this incredible state where your body can live on after your mind dies. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing how the mind. So that like begs the question, right? If the body can live on, we, or at least we know for a fact that the body can live on without the mind because we have the technology to keep it going. But does it, you know, logically, does it stand, does it stand, you know, to think maybe that the mind can live on without the body, right, in reverse of that? Like, I want to believe that that it's possible. You know, I talked about this recently on a show and I I even wrote, you know, I wrote this, you know, I'm writing a new screenplay right now and I wrote about it. I kind of have this idea that like consciousness, maybe consciousness exists in the same place where creativity comes from. I I know it sounds really like down the rabbit hole, but like, I just want to believe that like the same place where like all arts and thought and idea, like all of that stuff, um, all of that stuff, that's where that's where consciousness comes from and where it returns to, we borrow it. We borrow it in these bodies and then it returns to its source. That's what I want to believe. I don't know. I just, I want to believe. I just can't believe that this is all there is to me personally. This is getting really existential here. We're talking about cryogenic bodies. Let's keep away from that talk. Um, so... While the body may be reanimated, the person who lives is often in a permanent vegetative state. Cooling the body may give the brain a bit more time. During brain or heart surgery, circulation may be stopped for up to an hour. With the body cooled to 20 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. That is insane. A a procedure to cool the body to 10 degrees Celsius, 50 degrees Fahrenheit without oxygen for additional hours is still in the experimental research stage. You know, even just the process of hibernation. What does hibernation mean or what what is it? What what is hibernation all about? It's about slowing your metabolism down to such a low and what is your metabolism? Your metabolism is like the process by which your your body, you know, breaks things down and turns them into energy, right? And if you can you can slow that process to such a low a, a low rate or whatever that you don't need to consume energy whether it be you know uh, oxygen well of course you have to breathe but you know that that you can, your heart can beat really slow or that you can take very you can you can you can occasionally take a breath you know that sort of thing um, you slow these processes down in this state of of um, of hibernation obviously. It doesn't mean that you, you you cool off when you're hibernating, that, that it's not related to temperature. But I want to believe that maybe it's kind of like a similar, is that like, it's like a similar sort of thing here. And when you're cooling down the body, you're slowing everything down. And that's what hibernation is all about, right? Hi, uh, bears hibernate to slow everything down. So you're cooling the body to slow everything down, gives the brain a little bit more time. And I'm sure a doctor could easily correct me and tell me I'm wrong. None of us are experts here. We're just sort of trying to make sense of all of this. but basically we, we we use we use cooling technology in our in our lives all the time, you know in in medical fields for very practical you know reasons to to help people's health. When a cryonic patient dies, he says after a while, he lets the body thaw out inside the capsule and left the whole thing festering in his vault. I don't know what that is in reference to, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Hold on real quick. Let's go back through these comments. Yeah, this, this stuff is really nuts, man. It really, really is. Angus says, isn't there consciousness up to six minutes after death? Yeah, I was saying that. I don't know if you were here when I said that before. I think it's something they've, it, it lasts, consciousness lasts a lot longer than, you know, brain or heart death. Now they've determined Uh, apparently the last thing that goes is your hearing like your outward sense. And then you're just, maybe you're just, you go, you travel inward and you're just with your own thoughts. Maybe it's like being in one of those um, floating tanks where it's just you and your mind, you know, maybe a good way to practice for that eventuality that we will all face is to do something like that. Ooh, it like gives me goosebumps just to talk about it. It's really scary. Sometimes to me. Um it was on YouTube. The the Timothy Leary thing was on YouTube or B TV. It might have been 2B TV. Uh Dudley says, my dad is in a weird state after a stroke. I'm sorry to hear that. He's mid, his MID is fighting all over the place, kinda. Well, I hope that I wish your dad makes a full recovery or as much of a cup recovery as, as one can make in that situation. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Um when a cryonic patient dies, a race begins to prepare and cool the body before it decays, and then uh, and then p- to place it inside a doer, which is a thermos bottle full of liquid nitrogen. Wow. Okay, that's crazy. So you have to prepare and cool the body before it decays, and then get it into that liquid nitrogen as fast as possible. The inner vessel of the doer contains. A body or bodies, so sometimes there's bodies inside, it's not just one body. You do, some, you do some carpooling, man, like that's crazy. So the inner vessel contains a body or bodies wrapped up in several layers of insulating material attached to a stretcher and suspended into, hold on, let me think about it. If you're attached to a stretcher, got it. Okay, I'm like, I might have to visualize this and then suspended, I guess, free-floating in the liquid nitrogen, the head is oriented downward to keep the brain the coldest and most stable. So I guess your extremities are the thing that is, uh, uh, what's it called, Um, uh, most expendable, while obviously the brain, which contains consciousness, or what, what makes you you, is the most valuable asset. This vessel... Lies within a second outer vessel separated by a vacuum to avoid heat transfer from the outer room. Temperature vessel wall. So wait, hold on a second. This vessel lies with within a second outer vessel separated by a vacuum to avoid heat transfer from the outer room, temperature vessel wall, to the cold inner vessel wall. Heat gradually transfers across anyway and boils away the liquid nitrogen, which must be periodically refilled. So the liquid nitrogen does not last. Like you need to like keep replenishing it. It costs money to do this, man. Like if you're if you not rich or if you're not properly funded, um, then, you know, could you imagine what happened to all the people that did this with a privately owned company uh, or a company that maybe went like, you know, belly up. Bodies were originally and may still be in some cases cooled and frozen in whatever condition they were at death with better or worse preservation as we shall see. Holy shit. Let's take a let's take a quick sponsor break before we dive into the grisly fates of the first cryonauts here. This is an incredibly well written article and I'm really enjoying the shit out of it. Um you know Dudley, I have no idea. We're gonna find out about how payment payment plans must have worked right yeah it's like a salt it's like a salt float bed uh what's it called sensory deprivation tank that's what it's called i got i want to do it someday all right ready riotstickers.com that's right riot stickers are the best uv coating to keep out the sun and printed on vinyl to make it make it uh, not stick to water um riot stickers is the way to go if you need stickers printed up we have a special promotional deal with bridestickers.com. Get a thousand stickers for $79. That's $0. seven cents per sticker. You can't beat that price. Only here, down in the description. Uh, go to the URL, ridestickers.com backslash from us. That's F-R-U-M-E-S-S. Uh, it's the only place you're going to find this incredible deal for stickers, man. And look, they do everything. Look at the banner that, that Sharpie uh, pressed up behind me. Sharpie's going to be on the show. He was on... The show we did, what was that, yesterday or the day before that on Wednesday? The show we did on Wednesday he was on, and he's going to be on again in, in, in January. are going to be talking some misfit stuff. It's going to be really great. So, ride stickers.com backslash from us. Go there for all your sticker needs. You're not going to find a better deal anywhere else. Seven cents a sticker. That's a 1,000 stickers for $79. of the grisly realities of the first cryonauts. That's right, Angus. Um, You can take your riot stickers and slap them right on the outside of your cryogenic frozen freezing tank. You can indeed do that. Okay, here we go. The grisly fates of the first cryonauts. The early years of cryonics were grisly. What a word to use all but one of the first frozen futurists failed in their quest for immortality. So does that mean that the one futurist remains small? You have to imagine too, that they were so stoked about this. They were like, they were like nothing wrong with them. They're like, you know what? I'm going to, I want to see what the future looks like. Pack me up. Um, I'm sure they'll figure it out. It's going to feel like a second to me, but maybe a hundred, 200 years will pass. Uh, sign me up. I want to go. You have to imagine that in all the people that have been frozen, that at least some of them have gone voluntarily when there was nothing wrong with them to begin with. And when I say nothing wrong, I mean like not at their end of their lives. You know what I mean? Like some people are like, "Oh, it's the end of my life. I'm going to die anyway. I might as well freeze myself." I guess maybe that is a good way to go. Maybe if it is cheap enough, that is the that's the that's the mode. Then you're asking, not only are you asking to be frozen, you're asking to maybe have your your age reversed. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Dudley says he couldn't imagine and doesn't think that he would do it. All right. Small freezing operations began in the late 1960s, while the practice of storing bodies has become more sophisticated over the past 50 years in the early days Technicians cooled and prepared corpses with haste on dry ice before eventually cramming them into doer capsules. Cramming is not a fun word. By and large, these preservations did not achieve preservation. They were nightmarish, gruesome failures. Their stories were researched and documented by people within the field who published thorough and frank records. Oh, my God. All right, I'm, I'm opening that up because I think we, all right, oh no, I don't know. <laughs> Do we stop and look? Do we stop and look? I don't know. Uh, the largest operation was run out of a cemetery in Chatsworth, California by a man named Robert Nelson. Four of his first clients were not initially frozen in liquid nitrogen, but placed on a bed of dry ice in a mortuary. One of these bodies was a woman whose son decided to take her body back. He hauled his dead mother around in a truck on dry ice for some time before burying her. Holy hell, dude. This is friggin' dark. I mean, that it's like every link here is like a full-fledged story that could be a movie. Like, that's how insane it is. The bodies in the container partially thawed moved, and then froze again, stuck to the capsule like a child's tongue to a cold lamppost. Holy shit. Eventually, the mortician was not pleased with the other bodies sitting around on beds of ice. So a liquid nitrogen Dewar capsule was secured for the remaining three. Another man was already frozen and sealed inside the capsule. So it was opened. They opened the friggin' thing after they'd already frozen it in. Everyone's already frozen. So it was opened and he was removed. Nelson and the mortician then spent the entire night figuring out how to jam four people who may or may not have suffered thaw damage. You have to think about everything that goes into something like this. Thaw damage. That's so scary. The idea that you thaw, you rot, and then refreeze. Who may or may not have suffered thaw damage into the capsule. The arrangements of the bodies in different orientations was described as a puzzle. After finding an arrangement that worked, the resealed capsule was lowered into an underground vault at the cemetery. Nelson claimed to have refilled it sporadically for about a year before he stopped receiving money from the relatives. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Of course, man, all this stuff is funded by money and when the money runs out. So if you're going to freeze yourself, you need to do it in a way where you're not going to have to worry about about a something going bankrupt or or money drying up because either one of those is going to lead maybe something that ha- you know maybe NASA maybe like something like out in outer space like you could freeze somebody in outer space and like keep their body there perpetually forever right and like they're not going to rot because there's no oxygen there doesn't have to be oxygen maybe that's a better solution theoretically if you leave a body in an oxygenless environment it's not going to nothing's going to happen there's gonna, or you know in a, in a place where there's no microbes, then it's not going to decompose. So, so we stop receiving money. So theoretically, if these people are, are not dead or, you know, voluntarily freeze themselves, and that means they're technically like a living person who's chosen to go into a deep, you know, a deep frozen state. And by, by thawing them out, you are killing them. After a while, he let the bodies thaw out inside of the capsule and left the whole thing festering in his vault. So he didn't get money, and he's like, fuck this. You know, it's one thing. It's like, why do that, though? Like, again, like, that's assuming that maybe, you know, maybe he didn't have money for liquid nitrogen. I don't know. <coughs> okay, this is really upsetting. Another group of three, including an eight-year-old girl, was packed into a second capsule in the Chatsworth vault. The liquid nitrogen system of this capsule. So what are the ramifications of a fucking little girl or little boy or whatever, like being frozen? A, here's my questions. A, um, what happens when you, why are you freezing the body? Are you freezing the body because eventually you want to try and revive them? Reviving them to what? to a future where nobody they know is going to be like alive. Like think about like how crazy that is. Like, Oh my God, I I just don't understand. And then here's the other thing to like, I hate to say this because this is weird, but like, are these clothed bodies when they're talking about an eight year old girl being frozen? Like, how are these bodies prepared? Are they wrapped up? Like it just, I don't know. It just, There are so many questions. I have so many questions. In any case, um, they packed these bodies into a second capsule, which included this eight-year-old girl, in something called the Chatsworth Vault. The, The liquid nitrogen system of this capsule subsequently failed without Nelson noticing. Upon checking one day, he saw that everyone inside had long thought out, oh, my God, the fate of these ruined bodies is unclear, but they might've been refrozen for several more years. So he's not checking. So you have to imagine too, some of this stuff has got to liquefy when it thaws. And then if it refreezes, it's refreezing. It's like, it's like everything's consolidating back together. It really is. There's not. I don't, I can't think of anything more horrifying. This is like one of the most horrifying things I've ever read on the internet. One of them. Absolutely. Um, you know, I remember in the early days of the internet where it was like, "Oh yeah, let's look at the most gruesome, crazy, you know, live leaks videos." Remember the the video of the dude who was—I don't even want to say what happened to him, but um, the, the beheading video that everybody watched in the in the early 2000s. Still, somehow this is one of this is just as gruesome to me in many ways. Like even if you're not seeing it, it's just. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Nelson then froze a six-year-old boy in 1974. The capsule. Why? Why are you freezing these people? Like, that's the one thing. They're not explaining why these bodies are being frozen. That's the other thing I don't understand. Why are you freezing a six-year-old boy? The capsule itself was well-maintained by the boy's father. But when it was opened, the boy's body was found to be cracked. Oh, that is so sad. Nelson froze a six-year-old boy in 1974. The Capsule itself was well-maintained by, by the boy's father. But when it was open, the boy's body... And then where, where's this capsule being contained? In, in, the, in the house? If the boy's father is maintaining it? Is Nelson the boy's father? Like, so many questions. The boy's body was found to be cracked. The cracking could have occurred if the body was frozen too quickly by the liquid nitrogen. The boy was then thawed, embalmed, and buried. Now there was a vacancy. A different man was. People are like jumping, or like, or like, you know, friggin' vying to get in this in this capsule of of you know of absolute macabre, just horror. The boy was then thawed and bombed and buried. Now there was a vacancy. A different man was placed in the leftover capsule, but. 10 months had elapsed between his death and the freezing, so his body was in rotten shape, no puns intended, from the get-foot go, and was eventually thawed. So they like keep like thawing these people out and then jamming new ones in. Every cryonic uh, client put into the vault at Chatsworth and looked after by Nelson eventually failed. <clears throat> the bodies inside the Dewar capsules were simply left to rot. Why? Reporters visited the crypt when these failed operations had taken place and reported a horrifying stench. The proprietor admitted to failure, bad decisions, and going broke. He further pointed out, who can guarantee that you're going to be suspended for 10 or 15 years? That's crazy. The worst fates of all occurred at a similar underground vault that stored bodies at a cemetery in Butler, New Jersey. The storage doer was poorly designed with uninsulated pipes. This led to a series of incidents, at least one of which was a failure of the vacuum jacket insulating the inside. The bodies in the container partially thawed, moved and then froze again, stuck to the capsule like a child's tongue to a cold lamppost. Eventually the bodies had to be entirely thawed to unstick then refrozen and put back in. A year later, the doer failed again and the bodies decomposed into, quote-unquote, a plug of fluids at the bottom of the capsule. So like a sludge, like a mucusy sludge consolidated at the bottom of the capsule. The decision was finally made to thaw the entire contraption, scrape out the remains, and bury them. I would imagine... Um, Dudley says that he's on mushrooms right now, but hanging on. So Dudley is on mushrooms as he listens to us talk about decomposing bodies that were frozen. Um, The decision was finally made to thaw the entire contraption, scrape out scrape out the remains and bury them. The men who performed this unfortunate task had to wear a breathing apparatus. Okay, wow. Okay, here's what the tanks look like now. It's crazy. Okay. Um, The state of cryonics today, out of all of those frozen prior to 1973, one body remains preserved. That's Robert Bedford, who was sealed into a doer in 1967. Instead of leaving the body to meet a horrific fate under Nelson's care, Bedford's family took custody of the capsule, meticulously caring for it at their own expense. The body was handed off between professional cryonics operations occupying multiple frozen tanks and facilities for 15 years or so. Eventually, it ended up in the hands of the founders of Alcor, a modern cryonics outfit, one of whom wrote a heartfelt, slightly creepy piece about the body. I'm not going to read that, but Alcor is the leading example of the current state of cryonics, where the ugly events above suggest that your remains might well end up as tissue sludge scraped out of a can, the professionalism of companies like Alcor make, this sounds like an advertisement now, um, the professionalism of companies like Alcor may offer an increased chance for long-term preservation. Now, all they're offering is an increased chance. That's it. Nothing more. Um, there's It's still disasters could happen. I'm sure they have waivers and liability waivers for that. This file, uh, 501C, which is that's a nonprofit organization, um, I think, uh, hosts researchers who work on methods to improve the freezing process, poss- possibly increasing whatever slight odds exist that human popsicles will ever be brought back. So, it's the, I mean, this... This is the idea of like, when you freeze yourself, all you're trying to do is just keep your body intact in hopes that science will fix you. That's it. There's no, there is no uh, end game. There's no um, exit plan for becoming a popsicle. At a more fundamental level, it appears to be stable and to have deep pockets. So there is a better chance that your corpse will be around long enough for some distant future doctor to recoil in horror at it. The U.S. industry has consolidated around two main organizations, if not Alcor, your other choice is the Cryonics Institute, which has more than 200 bodies stored in giant tanks and accepts dozens more each year. Apparently 10 years ago, head storage alone Head storage alone at Alcor cost $80,000. What is that, per year? While full body storage at Cryonics Institute was only $30,000. There are international operations as well. A Russian cryogenics company stores not only people, but pets, including one entry under rodents, a deceased chinchilla named Button. Oh, my goodness. This is so... (laughs) Dudley says that he is the tar man. Angus says, I just read that the only place that cryogenics is illegal is in British Columbia. Interesting. You're not going to be very attractive, I would imagine. Oh, I get what you're saying about the tar man. Right. Yes. Literally. That's literally it, kind of. Jeff, the trip guide, oh my goodness, but a good story to go along with. I know, man, I know, right? This is a crazy story. Modern cryonic preparations at Alcor employ a multi-step process to prepare the bodies for storage. First, they begin to cool the body while anti-clotting agents and organ preservation solutions are injected into the bloodstream and circulated under CPR. The body is then transported to the company's main facility, where the original fluid is replaced with chemicals that vitrify, turn to glass, the body's organs. This offers some hope for cutting down on structural damage during the subsequent cooling and storage. Remember, we were talking about about water cooling, ice crystals destroying the uh, the um, the cell, the cellular bodies. Then the body is entombed in its Dewar capsule. Is cryonics science or making human popsicles? That all sounds scientific and careful, but is it really science or just applying scientific tools to a fantasy proposition? I I believe, I'm sad to say that until, here's the thing, here's the honest truth. This is my, this is my, a, a dude who is not a scientist who, you know, I went to college and that was about it. Like I'm not I'm not like a fucking smart brilliant kind of guy about this stuff. Here's my here's my two cents. Until there is an exit strategy, until they have the science for bringing you back, I say that that all you are doing is applying scientific tools to a fantasy proposition. Ultimately, nothing is guaranteed. It just it that's what I think. I think that this is pseudoscience. It's pseudoscience until you can do the other part of the hat trick. I, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say. Otherwise, what you're doing is no different than, you know, sticking somebody in a bathtub and filling it full of water and then, you know, freezing it, I guess, on, so, on some level. On some level. Um, currently, it is not remotely plausible at all, to revive a human body uh, decades after it was frozen. Again, leading me to believe all you're doing, applying scientific tools to a fantasy proposition. Um, Will it ever be plausible? That's probably an open question. As it stands now, cryogenics is is a bizarre intersection of scientific thinking and wishful thinking. That's a good way to put it. It's an intersection of scientific thinking and wishful thinking. While cryonic preservation is now more advanced, the laws of physics demand that the structure of the body will break down rapidly after death, catastrophically upon freezing, and gradually over time, even while frozen. Think of how badly frozen food ages in your freezer. It's true. Oh, my God. If the medical technology of the future becomes advanced enough, perhaps these corpses can be revived. But that's a big if. Let's say that your body remains frozen until the 25th century. Then let's say that future doctors are interested in reviving you. That's right. They have to want to do it. You're, you're What you're basically relying on is people who aren't even born yet. Their grandparents aren't even born yet. Think about that. You are freezing yourself now In hopes that the grand, at a time where the grandparents of the people that you want to revive you haven't even been born yet. They, (laughs) it's so trippy, man. That is so fucking trippy. And then they have to be interested in wanting to revive you. Would they be interested? I would imagine they would. I'm sure if we had people that have been frozen for 200 years, we would absolutely want to thaw them out and learn about the past. Of course we would. So I, I think that's a given. Um, how much work will they have to do to fix you once you're thawed? Good point. Maybe it would cost three billion dollars in the future, in future money. The answer lies in the condition of the bodies once they're thawed. Strangely enough, we know something about this. In 1983, Alcor needed to lighten three cryonauts, reducing them from bodies to simply heads. That's friggin' insane. So imagine, okay, this is nuts too. You go into the the refrigerator as a full frozen body, and when you come out in the future, you're just a head because they cut your head off. Oh my God, Brian! Hi, Brian. Brian says from us, does it have to be my skull or any skull I find? Asking for a friend, <laughs> right? Disney on Ice is preferable. <laughs> Man, those vats look like they could cook alcohol booze. Yeah, that they look like they look like uh, giant stills, right? For um for doing for making um for making beer. So this is crazy. In 1983, Alcor needed to lighten three cryonauts, reducing them from bodies to simply heads. In one transhumanist conception of the future, medical science will be able to revive the brain and then simply make a new body. Or robot to which attached to it, neuro preservation is cheaper and easier too. So in this idea, so I guess on some level, if you have the science to bring a body back, you're probably just going to get a new body cloned. The three corpses were removed from their Dewar capsules so their heads could be cut off, still frozen. So required, uh, so requiring a chainsaw, and stored separately. So they had to have their heads cut off. They needed a chainsaw to do it. I think you'd need a chainsaw either way, right? Or a saw. Once the heads were sawed off and put away, Alcor employees uh, got to work medically examining the state of the bodies. They wrote up their findings in great detail. Oh my God, there's so many articles to look at. At first, things looked reasonably good. While the bodies were still frozen, their skin was only moderately cracked in a few places. But once the bodies thawed, things started to go downhill. The organ, oh my God, cracks appeared in the warming bodies, cutting through the skin and subcutaneous fat, subcutaneous fat, all the way down to the body wall or muscle surface beneath. One patient displayed red traces across the skin following the paths of the blood vessels that ruptured. Two of the patients had massive uh, cutaneous ruptures over the pubis. The soft skin in these areas was apparently quite susceptible to cracking. While the external damage was extensive, the internal damage was worse. Nearly every organ system inside of the bodies was fractured. In one patient, every major blood vessel had broken near the heart. The lung, So you would... so. When you're freezing these bodies, essentially, you have to clone a new body. That's what you're really asking for at this point. You're asking to be cloned. They can't do nothing for you. You're you're done. You are done. The lungs and the spleen were almost bisected and the intestines fractured extensively. Only the liver and the kidneys weren't completely destroyed. The third body, which had been thawed very slowly, was in better condition externally, with only a few skin fractures and no obvious exploded blood vessels. However, the inside was even more annihilated than the others. The organs were badly cracked or severed. The spinal cord was snapped into three pieces, and the heart was fractured. The examiners injected dye into an artery in the arm. Rather than flow through the blood vessels and into the muscles, Most of it pooled under the surface in pockets and leaked out of skin fractures. This is giving me anxiety just reading this. Um, The medical examiners extensively detailed the content of the blood, the texture of the muscles, and the extent of the damage. They included pictures. Oh, my God. And they earnestly stated uh, their conclusion up front. The tremendous tissue deterioration will require incredibly advanced medical technology to fix. Worse, the probable destruction at the cellular level may, rec- may require rebuilding the body at the molecular, molecular, molecular level. Perhaps future medicine might be able to inject swarms of nanobots into your body to repair every bit of tissue, but don't bet on it happening anytime soon. Watch out for crazy relatives. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just when you think, just, I got to, hold on, I got to see what these pictures look like. I'm, I'm scared. Uh, oh, no, they're not going to show pictures. Wow, these are detailed papers from Alcor about, um, ex- oh, my God, that's crazy. Everybody should read this article, by the way. It's, like I said, it's at Big Think. uh, Just look for cryonic horror stories. Okay. Watch out for crazy relatives. Modern cryonics practices may ward off the horrific failures of the past, and we can't entirely rule out future medicine somehow finding fixes for the terrible damage incurred by the body in freezing, sitting, and thawing. But there's one more hurdle for the future revivification of your frozen form, the last great danger to your immortality, your crazy relatives. Several cases demonstrate the problem. The family of a man frozen in 1978 eventually got tired of paying for him. The facility offered to cut off his head and store it for free. But the family turned them down. Instead, the body was thawed submerged in a vat of formaldehyde, like a laboratory specimen, and buried in that condition. Two further men, wow, they were going to store the head for free, and they did, said, don't even bother. Two further men were stored by their sons, one of whom had his father thawed, removed, and buried. The other son eventually buried his dad's capsule in its entirety with the remains still inside. Relatives can also go to court and battle over what happens to your corpse. Richard Orville's family buried him against his wishes and was eventually forced by an Iowa court to dig up his body for preservation. A Colorado woman's family went to court to fight Alcor for their mother's head. Alcor eventually got the head to preserve as best they could. Conversely, another woman's will stated that she did so. So Alcor needed the head because that's what the woman wanted. The woman wanted her head preserved. And the the family was like, no, you can't take my mother's head. Like, that's crazy. This is so crazy. Conversely, another woman's will stated that she did not want to be frozen. Her husband froze her anyway. And after a four-year court battle, the state of California ordered that she be thawed and buried. One particular well-known family affair is the story of a frozen Norwegian man who was initially stored at a California facility that worked with Alcor. He was removed by his daughter, who who stored him in an ice shed behind her house in Colorado. The body was discovered when she was evicted from the property. The small town of Nenderland, Colorado now has a frozen dead guys celebrate frozen dead guy days celebration every year. <clears throat> this is fucking nuts, man. Cryo fiction. While the chances of immortality may be slim, this is like the Jerry Springer final moment here. While the chances of immortality may be slim, dozens of people still commit their bodies or brains to cryonics each year if their remains aren't mismanaged or allowed to disintegrate. And if their relatives don't go to court over the body, there's now a good chance that they will remain frozen for decades. Unfortunately, they will come out of the process cracked into a million pieces, and the prospect of putting them back together again is purely science fiction for the foreseeable future. It's a grim practice with ghoulish results. At least it makes for some fascinating stories and a bit of dark humor. I don't see any dark, there's no dark humor about this. This to me is utterly terrifying. I'm so thoroughly terrified by this. And, you know, hold on, let me see if I can find um, girl with, let's see if we can find it. Girl, oh my God, my keyboard sucks. Um, I can't do it here. Let me see if I can find it right here. Hold on, I'm going to look this up real quick. Girl with cancer raises enough money to freeze herself cryogenically. Let's see if this pops up. Oh, my God. All right. Here's here's there's actually two. All right. This is nuts. This is nuts. So first of all, there was a 14 year old girl who died of cancer uh, and won the right to be cryogenically frozen. Oh my God, they raised the money. And then here's the one that I remember reading. Uh, this is from 2013. Ah, uh, that's her. Let's show her picture. Not, you know, just as a, uh, oh God, the screen sucks. Not to um, not as like a goof or something, just a beautiful girl. I can't, you can't, she's not terribly, terribly pretty, but you know, young, young girl, a 23 year old woman who recently died from brain cancer might get a second chance at life. Before Kim Sozie died this month, she wrote on her blog that her last wish was to be cryogenically preserved. The Huffington Post reports, many of you know that I am an agnostic. I don't have any clue what happens when you die, but I have no reason to think that my consciousness will continue on after death. She wrote, the only thing I can think to make me feel a little bit more at ease with my death is to secure cryopreservation plans on the off chance that they figure out how to revive People in the future. How fucking sad is that, man? Since the procedure could cost anywhere from thirty thousand to eighty thousand, those are the same numbers that we had uh, that we read uh, in in the article. Uh, depending on which organization performed it, she sought out donations from Reddit users. She ended up raising about twenty one hundred dollars through Reddit, while the Society for Venturism helped raise an additional $27,000 in about one week's time. The Alcor Life Extension Foundation, which quoted the process at $80,000, also set up a page for donations, but did not disclose the amount raised. Uh, According to Alcor, she raised enough money for her procedure and was transported to the facilities the day she passed away. Hmm. So sad, man. Uh, I remember reading her blog post, man, and uh, it really, really tugged at my heartstrings. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm saying this. This is the girl. This is one of her blogs. I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I've raised over $7,000 from 130 do- donors since I started fundra- fundraising last week. I can't express the depth of my gratitude for everyone who has helped. A nonprofit called the Society for Venturers. Uh, Ventures. Vent- Venturism um, began raising money on my behalf today. The Venturists had a very good reputation with the cryonics community, and have successfully raised money for cryonics charity cases in the past. I really appreciate all the help I've received from the from the Ventur, Venturists and the entire cryonics community. Hmm. My treatment has my treatment has gone well so far, with a few side effects other than fatigue. I'll post a video about it later. Oh, and she started a, a video blog. here. Okay, here it is. Is this her last wishes? Hey, guys. Things have changed quite a bit since I've last updated it. I participated in a phase one clinical trial. Hopefully you guys don't think I'm crazy for what I'm about to say, but I want to be cryopreserved upon my death. Many of you know that I'm agnostic, and I don't have any clue what happens when you die. But I have no reason to think that my consciousness will continue on after death. The only thing that I can think to make me feel a little bit more at ease with my death is to secure cryopreservation plans on the off chance that they figure out how to revive people in the future. The way I see it, it's better than decomposing or getting cremated. The problem is I don't even have close to the finances to secure the service. I've started a fundraiser and I'm going to look into all the outlets to try and help. I know everyone has already done so much for me and it makes me pretty uncomfortable to ask for more. All I can say is that I'm desperate. I would be endlessly appreciative. Mm. You know, after all the bullshit we read about and all the crazy shit and all the, the idea that like, you know, the whole idea that like, this is like so crazy that people do this. It's a story like that that makes me hope that Maybe somehow, some way that, you know, that that they'll figure something out for a girl like that so that she can have a second lease at life. And I guess that's ultimately what it's all about. You know, Here we're sitting here reveling over the fact that they don't have a solution. They can't fix you. But when you go in, when you go under, it's not about that. It's about the faith. It's about having faith that someday they will. So I guess the best way to end this episode is really just to say that I hope I have faith. I I want to have faith. I want to hope. I want to have an open mind and believe that someday, maybe, that they'll figure it out. I don't know. In any case, that's our last live broadcast for the year. I want to thank everybody. It's been a great year of of broadcasting. A lot of fun. Um, Sorry to end with such a heavy episode. It's not really going to be the end, though, because we have that American astronaut uh, live commentary tomorrow night that's going to usher us into the new year. And I'll be returning in the new year with all sorts of stuff. Just wait and see. 2023, baby. Happy New Year, everybody. Peace and hair grease. Dudley, have a good one. Angus, everybody else who's here. Zach, whoever else. <clears throat> um, let me send you out with the Patreon. Great way to support this channel. Need to do some repairs on the computer. You can sign up for the Patreon or buy a coffee. You are supporting those repairs. Peace, hair grease. See you real soon. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.